0: Hi, I'm Sam Gear and welcome to Brainspike Back. This is the podcast that focuses on technology, psychology and our society. In today's episode, fellow Brainspike Back host Max Tanev joins me to conclude her series, The New Era of Psychedelics, exploring scientific research, therapies and the potential benefits of psychedelic compounds and plant medicines in our societies. During this series, Mags has interviewed a variety of guest speakers on topics relating to the benefits of microdosing, the healing powers of psilocybin and ayahuasca, and the current research surrounding psychedelics. In this episode, you'll learn how Mags first became interested in psychedelics, what inspired her to create this series, and what she learned from it. This episode is brought to you by Publicize, a digital PR company that grows businesses online presence. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bite backed listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash BBB. Mags, would you be able to tell us what inspired you to produce this series?
1: Yeah, sure. So, it was a number of things really and um, i think it was a combination of paying more attention to prominent figures that are talking about psychedelics right now that um kind of have access to an audience that wouldn't necessarily be that typical psychonaut that's in that uh, that is interested in all of the research and all of the the growth that's happening in this space right now so you know people like joe rogan and um, tim ferris who's a huge donor to to maps and is like a really prominent voice on um, psychedelic research at the moment I think it was definitely a combination of getting more interested in what's kind of happening externally with also becoming more interested in experimenting with some of these compounds myself and then I think that just goes like alongside um, some of my friends that were also kind of keen to experiment with some of these compounds as well and sort of seeing the benefits that they were gaining from them so it was yeah it was a mixture of different things but um I think like the the main reason to sort of shine a light on this topic right now is just to remove the stigma because I think it's at a really important point where so many people are coming around to the idea of psychedelics especially for clinical or medicinal use that like like I said wouldn't have previously Seen them as some uh, like a legitimate treatment, for example, or a legitimate form of therapy. But especially with really renowned authors like Michael Pollan writing books on psychedelics and describing his own personal experiences with those substances, I think this is a really critical point. And anything that I can do to sort of shine a light on how powerful these compounds are, the therapeutic benefits that they have, and how how the conversation is changing, yeah, I think then that's that's what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah, and I remember when you came to me with this and you had this idea, or at least you came to me with um, at least one episode and then it seemed like you had another and you were like, I now I want to explore this. And you kind of just ran with it. And before you know it, it was a series rather than just like an episode or two you were doing. But I really yeah. love the fact that you, you came with this and you came with so much passion because the stuff that you were talking about and the stuff that you were looking into, I wouldn't have been able to explore this to the same extent you did. And I also wouldn't have been able to talk about it with the same knowledge that you did. So I'm really glad that like having you on the show and having you as like almost like our psychedelics correspondent has <laughs> been really helpful.
1: Thanks, Sam. That really means a lot. And I don't want to kind of convey myself as some sort of messiah that's you know had hundreds and hundreds of mystical experiences with all of these different compounds. Like that's absolutely not the case. I'm very, very, very early in my psychedelic journey right now. I've had a handful of experiences. Most recently with. Um, with LSD and ayahuasca and so I'm absolutely in no place to start dishing out advice for people on how to take them and what to do beforehand and what to do afterwards I think I just that's you know that's obviously why I wanted to get these experts on the show and um, and delve into their their own expertise and and the advice that they have and I also don't want to portray this series as something that's telling everyone to to go out and take psychedelics right now because there are dangers to it and these are really really powerful substances and I think like definitely something that I already knew but it's definitely been solidified with this series is how much responsibility falls on the person taking them to make sure that their certain setting you know is on point that they they're in the right mindset that they've set the right intentions that they have the right expectations for what they want to get out of psychedelic experiences and I think transitioning from a mindset of purely recreational you know like taking acid and mushrooms and just laughing hysterically for six hours and like looking at nature and feeling connected to the world like yeah that's great and that definitely has its benefits but I think when we're talking about the real transformative power of psychedelics in terms of lasting change and helping people improve their lives and just ultimately become better people I think that's the attention that It needs to get because there are so many misconceptions around around these drugs and these plant medicines that it's really important that that stigma is taken away so that more and more people can have access to their many many benefits.
0: Yeah, and I think you did a really good job of selecting the guests as well because before entering this series, I did have that kind of preconception that like how are we going to like show this to the world? Like we're doing a series on psychedelics. It just seemed like even though I know who you are and I know how you'd handle this and I had absolute confidence that you'd do a great job and you did, it's still kind of one of those things which you're skeptical about in the sense like you don't want to get some sort of like a stereotype of being some kind of like hippie, not really head in the sand, just talking about like within your own echo chamber of like Mm -hmm. the same sort of thing or... But like the guests you selected, they are all like a very diverse selection and they were all very informative and very knowledgeable. And I have to say, as someone like myself, I'm kind of on the fence with psychedelics. I'm not someone that has no experience with them, never touched them or anything like that. But at the same time, they're not something which I find myself gravitating towards or using on a frequent or regular basis at all but I'm still very much open to the good that you can do, especially since this is psychology podcast. And I got to say one of the things that I see on um, psychology subreddit all the time is like the positive benefits of psychedelics and microdosing and all these things. So I think that, that your guest did a really good job of explaining that and breaking that down. And I'd love to know as well, like from doing this series, what are some of your own personal highlights, which you, which you really look back on or which you, you listen to now or you can just remember now and be like that was like a really good moment or i'm glad i had that conversation with them or they made a really good point there
1: um i think overall like as a just a general kind of highlight i think i really liked how much the guests were willing to talk about their own experiences and i think that was like a line that i really wanted to tread carefully to not make it all about just talking about people's experiences which i think you like made a good point that that would just play into the idea that we're just like a bunch of hippies talking about how everyone should take lsd and and like tune out you know what i mean but i think it it was it was really important to make sure that i had people on the podcast who were informed about the research and who could give us some like solid evidence of the benefits because they are like for for a lot of people those benefits are undisputable especially when they've had their own experiences with them but you know ultimately if you're going to make these kinds of bold claims, then they need to be backed up by scientific research. So I thought that that was really important to like, make sure that we had some talk of studies and different research and stuff like that on the podcast. But I think just getting the experiences from the different guests and how they've personally benefited from their psychedelic use, be it Tim talking about psilocybin and how that really helped him with his you know struggles with alcoholism, be it Gara on the microdosing episode who spoke about how psychedelics really helped him overcome his opiate addiction, which was like something really, really personal and amazing for him to share. And then just Jackie talking about how she said that her experiences with psychedelics have just generally made her a better person and, and made her want to contribute more to society and even taken her like closer to God and closer to her own faith. So I think just like generally getting all of those stories and experiences from the guests was was really important and of course Kat as well with with all of her experiences with ayahuasca. I think with that episode with Kat it was a, a, a real highlight was understanding exactly what it takes to become an ayahuasca which is not to be confused with the shaman like the shaman is obviously generations of and lifetime of, of training and knowledge but even just being able to to pour the medicine it took her 10 years to train with an amazonian indigenous community to be able to simply pour the medicine in a ceremony which i is like longer than taking a medical you know medicine degree <laughs> so um that was like a crazy a crazy discovery from the podcast like just how much actually goes into it and um, to being able to to be qualified to administer to administer ayahuasca i, I also loved talking about how the patriarchy fits into this with Jackie I think she gave some really really cool insights as to how she has kind of like adapted her behavior and transformed into someone that doesn't enable men to dominate the space anymore like she perhaps like she said that she might have fallen into that trap before but now she's very self-aware and she's aware of how dominated the space the psychedelic space is by men and how necessary it is to have Bigger female voices, Uh, so I thought that was a a really interesting topic to dive in into with her as well. And of course, Tim's stories, which are always so entertaining, especially when he's having visuals of Aztec warriors whilst trapped on a plane on acid. (laughs) So that 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 whole podcast was just uh, yeah a delight to record.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Tim's stories are the best, especially when it comes to his like psychedelics, because he just gets so passionate about it and so so wrapped up. And I think also it was really nice to showcase him on this podcast just because he is like the heart and soul of the sociable so much of what it was produced comes from his mind and his mentality and just to get him on an episode to talk about like mushroom psilocybin the thing that he loves more than anything in this world that yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: episode was so good it was so good i was like i'm so happy with that yeah that, that interview he um yeah he had so much to say I was i'm really glad that we got him involved as well
0: yeah and uh the visuals when he talks about that kid's face (laughs) and all those zits exploding like volcanoes like he's told me that story before but still (laughs) listening to it again it's just crazy but at the same time and i love the thought of him hiding under his chair like that would have been a fantastic to be like a fly on the wall and just watch him like go through that whole airport process
1: (laughs) yeah i i would have loved to have seen that having said all of that he did really make sure that we weren't just kind of like banging this recreational drum of like how funny and and cool psychedelics can be like and how hilarious a trip can be or how like terrifying a trip can be like he he spoke a lot about the long-term benefits and the importance of set and setting his like deep down reasons behind doing them behind stopping doing them and and it it, it was a, a very raw conversation in parts as well so we definitely maintained that focus on on like the, the wider picture and and the transformative power mm. of uh, of psilocybin
0: yeah and especially for Tim, like, obviously with him it helping him to overcome, him, like, alcoholism in the past, that's, like, there's one thing that you hear about a lot. You hear about studies, like, they can do this or they can do that. But to actually know someone, to be friends with someone has gone through that, it's it's cool to see it in real life that, like, oh, wow, these can actually help in this kind of capacity with something as serious as, like, yeah, alcoholism.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, you can read study after study, but when you're actually hearing it from the horse's mouth, it, it really hammers home just how how important it is that the tide continues to change around these substances just because of how much they can help people in the same way that now cannabis is is legal. Obviously, the medicinal value of that and the amount of pain that that's taken away for so many people, like now that's becoming way more widely accepted. I hope that some of these substances follow a similar journey in terms of societal acceptance and and just you know being more available for people that really need them.
0: Yeah. And I know you did a lot of research before this, and I know you're someone that's very clued up on this whole uh, industry and this whole topic and area of psychedelics. But I'd be really interested to know like, what you've learned from producing this series and if there's any kind of facts or things that stick out in your mind, which you feel like you're far more educated in now and more knowledgeable about after purely just from conducting these interviews for this series.
1: I think the main thing that I've learned, which I'm definitely gonna apply on a personal level, is how much work it takes to apply and integrate the learnings that you have from a psychedelic experience. It's not a magic bullet, you know, it's not like you're gonna have one trip, take mushrooms one time and then after that, like the next day you wake up and everything's changed. Like you have to put the work in before and after if your intention is to like get those kind of therapeutic and transformative benefits from these substances. You have to have intentions really clear. I think you have to be really true to yourself about those intentions. And it's going to take a lot of work to integrate them afterwards. And I think that's something that I like knew was definitely like knew was the case beforehand. But I think just speaking to these experts, especially speaking to Kat mainly, but also to Gaurav as well. You know, it, def- it, it takes work to work out exactly what the lessons that you learned were in that experience. And it's, it, it takes like motivation and discipline to integrate them. So I think that's probably the main thing that I learned from the series and just how much and how important it is to like make sure that we're we're feeding into the right narrative about this. You know, like I said before, I don't want this podcast to be seen as something which is telling everyone to take psychedelics and not take account of the dangers of quote unquote having a bad trip, which isn't really the right way to to talk about it. But the dangers that can arise if you don't have the right certain setting if you're taking it without the right intention and without the right mindset or if you're thinking about taking them absent-mindedly like it's really important if you're going to use them use them in a responsible way treating them really seriously and with a lot of respect
0: I got I definitely feel like I got that from from Katz interview I got it from all of them but like you mentioned I think cats for me was the one interview where it surprised me the most. One thing which surprised me the most about all of it is the fact that she not exactly like she was born into this or, or, or grew up anywhere near it. Like she said, she was born in Montana. And um, she was also diagnosed with bipolar. And then she discovered this. And now it's like been her life's quest or journey or purpose to administer ayahuasca and be so heavily involved in it. And it surprised me for a couple reasons. One, because it's so different from what I'd imagine growing up in Montana has got to be like, if I'm remembering that correctly. And um, also because of uh, the bipolar, just because I have a history of bipolar in my family. Fortunately, I've never experienced any kind of mental health issues. But I'm also very cautious of the fact that perhaps it's in there like it's dormant, or I don't know, maybe um, I just not a part of my life where it's it's uh, come to the surface but so I always have this real fear that it might at some point in my life get me like it has uh, previous members of my family so I think that I've always been very cautious of psychedelics especially ayahuasca in that sense I don't know if I take it I don't know what's going to happen and everyone that I speak to says that it's an experience completely different from anything else you can compare so for me it's just such a step into the unknown that it's kind of quite scary and intimidating but having spoken with her, or at least having listened to the podcast you did with her, it was very inspiring to hear that she it wasn't a risk to her, if anything, doing ayahuasca sounded almost like a remedy or a cure. And it was quite um contrary to like what I had preconceived before listening to that episode. And plus, she's someone that clearly has a lot of experience in this, in ay- ayahuasca. So she's definitely someone that I feel like I could trust and understand, knows what she's talking about when she talks about this. So I definitely say that episode with Kat is one of the the highlights for me, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So did that episode make you think more about potentially trying it?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think as well, a part of that episode that really stayed with me was the fact that both of you kind of said that you were stepping into the unknown. Because like I always see you as ayahuasca as being something where When you're ready, you kind of don't have any doubts or don't have any fear. You just go for it. Whereas I think for me, because it's one so unknown and so, yeah, just uncharted for me. So I think that it was something that seemed so kind of, yeah, just so uncertain to me. But then hearing that, like, both you and Kat said, like, oh, you're never going to be fully ready or you're never going to be fully certain. Like, just taking it the first time or taking it any time is always a step into the unknown. But you have to take that step of bravery. It's like that leap of faith. And that's what's necessary. So I suppose to me, I always had this idea that at some point it would there would be no ambiguity It would just be like, right, this is it. This is uh, without doubt. This is when I got to do it and how I got to do it. But listening to both of you, it's clear that it's not that clean cut and that there is some form of like faith that's involved just by taking it and yeah, just taking that plunge, really.
1: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think it's important to like, not equate feeling like the medicine is calling you with feeling a hundred percent ready and fearless for whatever comes at you. Because anyone that like goes into an ayahuasca ceremony with no fears and no nerves whatsoever, like, I don't think they're telling you the truth. So yeah, I mean, I like was like, was super scared the first time I took it and like the subsequent three times. I took it after that so i think like waiting for the moment of no fear and being 100 percent ready like that's probably never going to come for the majority of people so yeah that's interesting that that it had that effect on you
0: yeah and also hey who knows once this quarantine's all over and um, maybe once uh retreats or whatever they are become available again maybe you can take me <laughs> yeah i would know
1: i i keep thinking how like overloaded with people the first ceremonies back are gonna (laughs) be because there are people like here like around medellin that go to these ceremonies like every single week or every two weeks like you see them again and again at the same ceremonies. so um i can't imagine what they're going through right now if they're not able to go yeah
0: well we'll see we'll 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 book out some time i'm not in a huge rush (laughs) but like yeah we'll get to it when it's ready
1: (laughs) yeah exactly there's really no rush how um? Always be there.
0: You also one thing that I liked as well is you also discussed psychedelics during quarantine. So that for me is something that we kind of like discussed beforehand. Like, uh, I remember you and I, or at least in in a in a chat, we were discussing about like the pros and cons of like what it would be like to take psilocybin during a, a quarantine, since you're like trapped indoors or you can't really go out. You don't have the luxury, or unless you live in nature, you don't really have the luxury of just like leaving your home and going out into nature. And uh, it was quite funny because like all your guests that you posed this question to had somewhat of a different answer and they kind of discussed it. I especially like of his, um, the similarity he drew between an ayahuasca ceremony and quarantine, even though I can't really relate having never been to a, an ayahuasca ceremony, it was uh, quite a funny comparison that he made. But I'd love to know like if you're open to chatting with us, like have you had any experiences so far in quarantine that you'd like to share with us? <laughs>
1: well Sam (laughs) funny that you ask (laughs) so yeah at the time of recording which is the 18th of May though not the weekend just gone but the weekend before that I I did take a tab of LSD with my boyfriend whilst uh, self-isolating in his apartment just the two of us and honestly we had like an on the whole extremely positive and insightful experience it was it was very intense it was definitely like a real journey Uh, as all LSD trips are but in terms of doing it in quarantine I don't think that that hampered anything or like set a dark tone and I think that was basically because we knew like going into it we knew like what our conditions were and that we weren't going to leave the apartment it wasn't like something that was thrust upon us in the middle of the trip or it wasn't like Tim who was still tripping when he had to get on a plane and he thought he'd be out of it by then. And we were really comfortable. Like, there wasn't anyone else around. There wasn't anyone that we had to deal with or anything that we had to think about or do. We were just able to to ride it out for as long as it lasted. And obviously, it was different to taking LSD in nature, which is the only way I'd done it before that. But it was different in a good way. Like, we were still able to, to look at really cool stuff, especially because he lives, like, on the 11th floor, so... We could like look out at the mountains around Medellin and there was like some really cool like storms like happening in the distance and like the sunset and stuff. It was it was there was a lot of cool stuff to look at, but it was also like a, just like a, an experience of all the senses, to be honest. So like we were listening to some really great music, we were eating some really delicious mango <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was it was it was really cool. And it was I wouldn't say it was like one of those like like life transforming experiences where you come out of it and you have like all of these new lessons but I think definitely something to do as a couple if you're like 100% ready for it which we felt that we were yeah it was it was it was great so like again if people are still in isolation whilst listening to this definitely not advising to take acid like in an apartment that you can't leave but for us like it worked it it worked really well and I'm I'm just really happy that we did it
0: yeah I'm glad it went well as well and I'm kind of glad you tried out because obviously you were like contemplating the idea and I was really curious to see how it would go for you um so now I'm happy that you did it and it went well and uh, all around good feedback
1: <laughs> yeah thanks Sam but <laughs> again not recommending other people to do the same
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know if I'll be doing it but but it's still good to hear that it went well for you but like kind of going back a bit further uh, with your experiences, how did you first get into psychedelics and how did um, this interest kind of like flourish into what it is now?
1: So it's been kind of a long process. I first took psychedelics when I was in the second year of uni with some friends. We took some mushrooms and I remember I remember it really, really clearly because it was one of those trips that was just like turned around, like purely through the power of just willing yourself not to have a a bad, quote-unquote, bad trip. So I remember that my friends were all waiting for me to arrive at my friend's place where they were eating the mushrooms. So I got there and they were, like, rushing because they wanted to, like, eat them quickly. So I didn't really, like, question anything. One of my friends gave me this kind of, like, handful of, of mushrooms that they'd ordered online. And I just ate all of them. And then, like, a few minutes later, I, like, find the... Like the leaflet that came with the delivery and it has all of the different types of mushrooms like listed and then it's got all of the different like ratings of how strong they are on different things next to them and i remember asking my friend which ones he'd given me and he'd said the name of them and then i like look at this the name of this mushroom on this leaflet and it says if it's your first time eating them take no more than two to three grams and i was like said to my friend like how much did you just give me and he was like well Like it's a 15 gram bag between two, so seven and a half grams. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And obviously, there's nothing you can do. Like at that point, like they're in you, and like they started to kick in. I was the only one that was freaking out because no one else had like had this realization (laughs) that they'd just been seven and a half grams of mushrooms. So (laughs) I started feeling really, really anxious, like. I obviously this was my first time like ingesting any forms like like I had no idea (laughs) I had no idea like if there was anything I should do or like I like had no idea that it's really a mental game and you just have to just turn it around in your own head I guess so I just yeah I was feeling super anxious. I really didn't want to leave the house, but they were all going out, like they were going to the park. And then I was like wondering what I should do. And I was like, no, I should just go with them. Like if I stay here alone, that'll be even worse. So like we leave the house. And it was honestly like I'd stepped into another universe. Like, I don't know if you've seen that film with, um, oh, what's his name? Is it Avatar? With with, No, with with Bradley Cooper, Limitless, where he takes the pill and everything gets brighter. Like his vision gets better. Mm. So like we'd been inside this like dingy student house. Sorry, friends who, who lived in that house, but that's what it was. And we, we stepped outside and it was a beautiful day and everything, it was like, I just taking that pill that Bradley Cooper takes in Limitless. Like everything was HD, the colors were so bright. I remember my friend had orange hair at the time and her hair was like super, super bright. So so it just like, just the like the environment, everyone else was laughing so much. And like, I just kind of like started laughing in like this like anxious way and then basically just didn't stop for about six hours and then just turned it around completely like we went to the park and had a great time playing with earthworms and stuff so that was my that was my first psychedelic experience but then I didn't have another one after that until until trying out DMT which was probably like almost two years ago so that was that was that was like a big gap but i think since coming to colombia like the interest has renewed not necessarily just because i'm in colombia but mainly just like the people that i've been surrounding myself with here like like mutual friends of ours like we're also really interested in exploring psychedelics and their benefits and having these different types of experiences so it's been like a gradual thing and it's definitely been one that i've dipped my toes into rather than um diving in head first uh, yeah. And I would still consider myself like a complete novice when it comes to all psychedelics. But it's it's definitely like something that I'm really excited to explore further in a responsible um, and well-intentioned way.
0: Yeah. I completely understand that, and I gotta say you're absolutely right. it's not good to dive in head first, I mean admittedly like you kind of unintentionally did that anyway with the uh, with the <laughs> mushrooms on your first time, but obviously like when you're relying on other people to like sort out your doses if it's something new to you then that's one of those things where you, it's just gonna happen, I suppose. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting and i completely understand no judgment here because as you know and we discussed this story before like the first time i took acid was at burning man and i took way 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 too much and ended up in a psychiatric tent so i definitely know what it's like to dive in head first um, (laughs) yeah i yeah i i would say like when it comes to psychedelics for sure just don't screw it up just (laughs) like, like yeah be cautious don't dive in head first
1: Yeah, Yeah. just don't do it mindlessly. Like really think about it and think about what you want to get out of it. And don't see it as something that's purely recreational, as fun as it can be to laugh hysterically for hours on end. Like there are deeper reasons to, to explore these substances as well. So I think as long as you're, you know, in a safe place with people that you trust, then I think, you know, those are the main things. And there's obviously the whole issue of legality as well, but I guess that depends where you are in the world and and the ways in which you want to take it.
0: Yeah. And my last question to you, the one last thing that I wanted to discuss with you, and we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, is I'd love to hear more about your first experience with ayahuasca and how your relationship with it has uh, developed and progressed since uh, that first experience.
1: Yeah. So I think my relationship with ayahuasca is definitely an example of me dipping my toes in, before feeling confident enough to like fully dive into having a really, really intense experience. So my first experience with ayahuasca was just one ceremony um, about an hour outside of Medellin. And I was super nervous, but I was with like some some really good friends. So that like obviously really helped. And with friends that had taken it before in that place. So I I trusted the place that we were going to and I trusted my friends that i was with but i was still really really nervous um and they they give you the option of having like a beginner's cup or having a full cup and because i was super nervous i had the beginner's cup and it was honestly like it was pretty chill that, that was the option to get up and have more but like in that state i think with ayahuasca or with jahe i should say because technically it's the same like plants and roots that i live to that i use to make the brew but it's made in a different way so with jahe which is the colombian version of ayahuasca basically I feel like it always takes me up to the like the point at which it knows I can handle and it doesn't push me any further and I feel like that's the medicine understanding how much I can take and the kind of intensity that I'm like that's at my maximum I wouldn't even call it comfort level because it's not comfortable at all but I definitely haven't had any of these crazy experiences that other people talk about of like going to different dimensions losing all sense of self and you know having these really really tough experiences as well which can feel really really dark and really anxiety inducing I feel like my experiences with ayahuasca including the first one have like generally been um, very very beneficial like I've learned some important lessons but I haven't had something that's like absolutely blown my head off like other people have kind of felt the morning after and I think part of the reason for that is that A, I don't take a big dose, and B, that I don't feel like I've ever had like a true connection with my intentions that I've set before a ceremony. And I think that comes down to never really truly having a solid reason or a solid understanding of exactly why I wanted to take it which kind of goes against like what I'm saying with this podcast which is like have a reason and know why you want to do it but I just knew that I wanted to do it but then I I found that I was kind of like making the decision and then after that searching for the reason where like you you should be driven to it for a certain I mean I don't know it's like this is again something that I'm like not qualified to to really speak on with any form of authority I'm obviously just speaking from my own experience and I can speculate all day as to why I haven't had a certain intensity of experience with the plant but I think that like clarity on intention definitely comes into it so I would say I still have a lot of way to go with Jahe and you know every experience is different and even the ones where you feel like you didn't you didn't really go deep or you didn't really scratch the surface of what was possible, there are still definite benefits to it. And there are still definite lessons to learn, you know, even if it's just the way that you feel the week after, which is like honestly amazing in all senses, like mentally, in terms of like mental clarity, productivity, like physical energy, like just mood and compassion levels are like definitely increased like after after a ceremony so yeah I hope that answers your question I feel like I'm just still 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 got a long way to go and still got a lot to learn feel
0: like even though admittedly yeah you're not on the same level as Cat. as far as your average girl on the street goes you definitely know more and have more experience than than most people like for me for example like I have no experience I've never taken it but I would still turn to you and look to you as someone who has knowledge in this subject. Even if you are not the most knowledgeable, you're still someone that has more knowledge than the majority of people that I would speak to just because you have these experiences. And I do get what you're saying because like, I see you afterwards, like we work together and, You'll come to the office or you're I'll see you the following week and (laughs) I do hear like you're 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 happy. You're generally you get something from this. So even if you're not sure exactly what it is that you're going to get from this, every time you do seem to walk away with something. And like you said, those elevated levels of happiness and kind of like compassion, whatever you get from it, you're you're getting something, obviously.
1: Yeah. But in terms of like long term lasting change, like that's gonna come from integrating the lessons that the medicine teaches you. So yeah, I think those that's those are the like the goals that i have with the with the plant medicine well i guess when we get out of isolation let's see
0: awesome yeah well again i just want to say thanks for doing the series i really enjoyed it it was a really fun addition and uh hopefully we'll get you on so some other subjects you're passionate about and get you on for more series and more episodes because yeah it's always great to it's always great to hear the passion that you bring into the podcast when there's subjects which i'm just like i got no idea about this
1: (laughs) thank you so much sam it's been so much fun hosting the episodes and yeah there'll be many more to come for sure
0: awesome Once again, thank you to our sponsor, Publicize. Visit their website if you want to find out more about their PR for growth packages, their free resources, or even schedule a call. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bite back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash BBB. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more episodes just like this at sociable.co. You can also find many articles that we produce on there as well. And you can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And we love hearing what you think. So tweet at us at The Sociable. That's the show. Thank you so much for listening and take care.